Welcome everyone to this episode of This One Time at OU. We are excited today to have as a guest Pulitzer Prize winner Clarence Page and excited more to hear about how he got his start at Ohio University. So Mr. Page, welcome. Oh, thank you. And please call me Clarence. <laughs> you got it. And Roz, welcome. Hi, Tim. Hi, Clarence. I'm so excited. I'm a journalism grad myself. So, I mean, that's the reason I went to OU was uh, for the journalism school. So it's really nice me to too. Uh, meet a fellow journalism grad that really went on to do some great stuff with his words. So, Well, thank you. Very nice of you. But uh, yeah, I came there for the journalism, but also I, I must confess, in my junior year of high school, which would have been around 63, 64, uh, I, uh, <laughs> Life Magazine, which was something we used to read back when there were magazines uh, around every week. And, and they had a six-page spread headlined, Ohio U, Party School of the Midwest. And I said, that's where I'm going to go to school. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That was in Life Magazine. It would have been, uh, it must have been, let's see, because I, um, I was applying for school, yeah, in the fall of 64. So, yeah, I would say it was in uh, uh, around that time. Well, I'm glad you guys went to, I didn't know you actually applied for school there and went for journalism. I went to, like, what school will take me and what can I afford? And OU, I'm glad well, it worked I out. Well, that's how most of us came to came to OU. I was surprised when I when when I arrived and 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 my roommates. I was o over in James Hall there on the West Green, uh, which had just opened. I mean, they they just expanded Ohio U uh, and other universities because of of us baby boomers were hitting the freshman year, and and uh, hardly anybody around me on my floor had actually knew what they were going to major in. <laughs> they, most people came. Just, just like you said, and also we had a draft going on. That had something to do with it, too. Right, right. Yeah, no, I knew I wanted to major in journalism, and that I actually wanted to go to Ohio Wesleyan. And my father, who went to Ohio University, he uh, flunked out after one year. And I always it's, and it's been known to happen. Very, very happen. successful. And I used to always tell friends that flunked out, hey, my dad does well. And he uh, he flunked out. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. There's always more life to go on. <laughs> right. And he just loved OU. So he was really trying to steer me in that direction. And he actually said, you can go to Ohio Wesleyan, but you have to get a job or you can go to OU and you won't have to work when you go to school. So outright outright bribery. <laughs> Outright bribery, huh? <laughs> right, and it, it worked, and God knows what else what ha would have happened to my life, but I'm very glad I would tell you. <laughs> yeah. well, well, tell us when you started OU. Um, you mentioned those times, and we had uh, Roz's sister-in-law on, very turbulent times in college in general. When did you start? Uh, I was there from uh, the fall of 65 to the spring of 69, which were the hottest years of the 60s. I mean, I, I later saw uh, that... Uh, uh, well, there were over 400 riots uh, in uh, our cities during those four years, uh, and uh, it was like Detroit, Chicago, uh, Newark, you could go on and on. Uh, there was a, a lot of turbulence, uh, both in, in domestic uh, affairs and also there was the Vietnam War going on, so you had uh, a, a lot of stuff happening, and 
the, the war had a big, uh, the draft, I should say, had a big impact on my generation because there wasn't a day I spent at OU that I didn't wake up thinking about the draft you know, one way or the other. Oh, I, mean, I that bet. Was on, top of the, on top of that, one day I woke up and Dr. Martin Luther King had been assassinated. Another day I woke up and Bobby Kennedy had been assassinated. I mean, this is the kind of way uh, things happen. And then I knew I still had to, had to uh, get uptown to make my biology class or whatever, you know. Right. It'd be hard to focus. Yep. And then the 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 the, the riots were strong then too out in L.A. Um, yeah. And then it carried on. I guess I, I read a lot about uh, our, our trip to the moon, and people say that was a time of saving grace in the '60s. Do you believe that to be true? Like that yeah, was yeah. something positive. Yeah, that was '69, as I recall. It was right after I had graduated and got a job at the Chicago Tribune. Uh, I, I just remember, remember that because me and a bunch of my fellow reporters had a party uh, that afternoon, a, a, a moon watch party, uh, to, to watch uh, uh, Neil Armstrong uh, touch his foot down and say as one small step for man and one giant leap for mankind. Uh, he was so nervous, he left out the uh. It should have been one small step for a man. But another, another Ohioan, right? So that's good news. You got him and John Glenn. I mean, we, uh, we, we were well represented in space in those days. So you mentioned you went to right to the Chicago Tribune. Have you been there your entire career? I'm afraid so, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I say that because it's very unusual in our, our business uh, to stay at the same place more than two or three years, uh, and um, uh, yet things kept happening that kept me there. I did. I have to footnote that that uh, I did get drafted in uh, November of '69 uh, while I was working at the Tribune, and I came back a couple of years later, and then I uh, I was um, uh, what was well, 1980. I uh, left and went to television and I uh, discovered I had a great face for radio and so I, <laughs> but I uh, yeah old joke well thank but anyway, you for your service sir thank you thank so. you you're, you're very welcome my dear. <laughs> glad and, to be back uh, I'll put it that way and I've but, seen pictures and I do not agree with that assessment go but go on <laughs> thank you but in any case I did um, well I came back to uh, the Tribune after four years because I had the opportunity to become a columnist and member of the editorial board uh, and uh, I just kept on doing stuff and, and I mean other things happened like uh, I, I got assigned to go cover uh, the Soweto uprising in South Africa and uh, um, I, I was sent down to Cuba I was sent a lot of different places I mean I, I had some really good assignments and I uh, um, it's funny thing the, the Tribune became habit forming after a while and then one day I, uh, last year I woke up and discovered I had been there for 50 years off and on <laughs> 50 years goes by fast when you're having fun right right amazingly enough so it's been, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I've been at the Tribune the whole time. And I mean, I've, I've actually, I, I wondered uh, how long I would last at the Tribune. Now I'm, I'm outlasting newspapers in general, it seems like. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that's not a good sign. And I, I certainly miss that, the heyday of the papers. Well, I do too. I still get the Saturday and Sunday editions anyway. <laughs> I still subscribe. As a journalism major, I have to subscribe to the Cleveland Plain Dealer. Like, well, good for you. <laughs> Good for you for actually reading the paper. You know, I, I, I must confess, in my uh, years at the um, at, at Ohio U, I didn't have much time to read the papers. There was so much going on. Now you worked at the paper, though, didn't you? At, the, at OU, Did you work- at, at the Post, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I worked at the Post, and uh, from from the first day I got on campus, I said, where's the newspaper office? And uh, I, I was at the Post all four years. I, in my senior year, I was feature editor and also a columnist. My, my first column, no, my first column was in high school, actually, back in Middletown, Ohio, uh, the um, Middletown uh, High School Middletonian, uh, which came out every two weeks. And Mrs. Mary, K Mary Kendall, uh, uh, God bless her soul, uh, was the one who put the bug, journalism bug in my ear. <laughs> I thought she was nuts, but it turned out uh, it became my career. And so if anybody doesn't like what I say in my column, I say, blame Mrs. Kendall. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Middletown, Ohio. It sounds like a fictional city, but it is real. <laughs> yeah, well, well, uh, well gosh, you, uh, everything you say brings up, up a story. But there is a famous uh, book called Middletown, a sociological study. Uh, but, but that book is actually about Muncie, Indiana. Uh, and uh, I uh, fast forward, uh, there's um, uh, Hillbilly Elegy. I don't know if you uh, know about uh, that book. It just came up, it just turned into a movie. Yeah, it was just turned into a movie by J.D. Vance, who I now know. Uh, he came out of Middletown High School uh, 30 years after I did. And uh, the economic picture, the politics, everything was, was very different for him and his generation. But, but um, uh, meeting J.D. and uh, reading his book and all, I now understand uh, why Donald Trump did as well as he did in the last election. And that was why, uh, well, that helped his book become even more of a bestseller because all of the... Uh, all of us coastal elites, I guess you, that's what you call the major media these days, uh, have uh, been uh, uh, reading his book in order to see how much, and, and I can certainly see it because I was there in Middletown in the early 60s going to high school when opportunities were open. There were lots of jobs, not just in steel, but you know, all over Ohio. Uh, you had all kinds of factory towns and, uh, putting out all kinds of, uh, of stuff and uh, there's tens of thousands of jobs that are gone now. Uh, we, yeah, we had International Harvester in my hometown of Springfield, Ohio, and I guess of course. Roz up by Cleveland, you had everything, and, and Dayton had all the GM. That's right. Oh, yeah, I mean, a lot of Ford. By the way, International Harvester is related to the Chicago Tribune. You know, remember the uh, McCormick Reaper? Yes. Well, that was uh, uh, the, uh, what was his name, Cyrus McCormick. He was one of the, the godfather of the family. Uh, but uh, his, uh, I guess it was nephew. Uh, and and uh, if anybody out there uh, uh, knows uh, that I'm making a historical mistake, let me know. But but anyway, <laughs> the, uh, 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 Robert R. McCormick was our uh, publisher for many years. Uh, and uh, it just, uh, uh, we're so tied into the Midwest uh, historically. It is uh, quite remarkable to me. But I'm uh, uh, the end of the line here maybe if uh, newspapers really do fade away but nevertheless uh, Ohio had lots of factories that aren't there anymore National Cash Register and Frigidaire and Delco Battery and I, I just go on and on you know all, all the rubber plant uh, factories around Toledo and Akron and uh, it just goes on and on uh, and you can see the massive change that has occurred uh, to Ohio and the rest of the country but it's especially hard in the Rust Belt and our political system has just become, I know you don't want to get into politics, but our political system has become rather unable to deal with the long-range picture because we're so geared in this country to short-term uh, issues. And uh, so that's my, that's my big um, right. uh, uh, challenge uh, these days. And I'm working on, on a book of my own. I told JD I'm going to do a, a book uh, like Hillbilly Elegy about Middletown, but from the black side of town. There you go. Well, talk about, we talked about, you know, just the, kind of the, the 
economic rise and fall of our Midwest. What was Athens like in the late 60s? Like the downtown now is, is vibrant, but we see, you know, a lot of farmland and even like the plains and those smaller towns that used to be, you know, maybe had a couple stores did there. Was that the scene back in the late 60s? I would say that uh, it was very much a, uh, well, a very much of an underdeveloped region. Uh, you know, certainly mining was always big in that region uh, and uh, agriculture to a degree, but it was uh, never uh, the same kind of, kind of an agriculture uh, uh, center that a, a number of other uh, places uh, you could point to. Well, frankly, northern Ohio was luckier when it came to ha having good, uh, rich uh, uh, farmland soil. Uh, they're good topsoils, my daddy used to say. Uh, but uh, around uh, Athens uh, and uh, that whole area, Ohio U was the big revenue uh, generator. And I would say in the 70s and 80s is when I saw uh, a lot of good things happen in southwest Ohio as far as uh, uh, some, some larger either factories or, or service industries really uh, got a, a chance to grow. Governor Rhodes, who was the same one who unleashed the National Guard on Kent State, uh, was very good on building highways and, uh, and uh, economic development. Uh, and uh, I, I mean, uh, I ride that highway. What is it? Is that uh, route? Uh, uh, is it route thirty-three between Columbus? It is and route thirty-three. Yes. Yeah. Uh, thirty-three. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that was two-lane blacktop back when I was in school, and uh, the whole way. And I mean, it took forever. I mean, driving from Middletown to Athens uh, when I first started at OU was about a four-hour drive uh, close to it, and uh, and then it, uh, with the highways, it is much shorter now. Uh, I think between Middletown and Athens is probably about. I'm saying two and a half, three hours, hours. somewhere in that. Uh, yeah, Springfield area. was about that. Now, when yeah. you were in Athens, it was a. We had a, a, a podcast on the ridges early on in our uh, show, and when you were there, it was a full blown mental asylum. I think it was probably called Athens Lunatic Asylum then. Oh, was it called? Gosh, there was. Uh, uh, it wasn't called. It, it, they had changed the name by the '60s, <laughs> but uh, uh, I, and I'm trying to remember now what it, what it was called. Uh, uh, I, I think it was just. It was. I don't know. Something like like, like mental well, hospital. It was, it was like, like the asylum or mental asylum. It had a mm. bunch of went through a bunch of names, and they got more PC as time went on, but not not as much as you would think. We, we, we remember sheltering arms, arms hospital. hospital? Yes. Okay. Well, that was, we used to call it slaughtering arms. That uh, was a a, a a nickname, but that's you know students. You know that's that's, that's the way we are. But uh, right. <laughs> I mean, it's been a long time. It took about fifty years. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I I marvel every time I go back at the changes that have happened, and also how much is still the same. So it's very weird. Uh, uh, Don't the students uh, kind of always look the same? Like there's always. Oh no! Oh, oh no! The students get much younger. Well, you know? <laughs> but there's always. I, like I look the, the same. Group. They look like kids. <laughs> right, but they look like we did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you probably had more of a hippie contingent, but in ours, like there was always like, oh, you brought out the the hippiness in you, and, and some people had stuck, and some people came there with it already in. But there's always like a college look, I think, of tie dyes and. 
I want to tell you, I arrived in 65, and between 65 and 66, uh, there were so few hippies. I mean, this this was the the original hippies uh, there in uh, uh, Athens. Uh, There were were so few that uh, there were were three houses that were known as the hippie houses in town. All these many years later, I remember... Uh, the addresses uh, uh, was it uh, thirty poplar, uh, uh, one vine. I'm sorry, thirty poplar, five pearl, and, and one vine street. Uh, and uh, those were, you know, if, if you said, "Oh, I'm going over to thirty poplar," somebody would make a you no. Know, with they, they pan on my my reefer smoking with their hand or something. <laughs> there, you know. but it was. But uh, thanks to um, well, I mean, th- thanks to, to the profession I'm in, I got to interview when the Grateful Dead made their first appearance in uh, uh, Athens on a yes, uh, Monday. Yes, let's talk about in, that. Uh, yeah, yeah it must I, have been about I actually 60s. saw them at the Rubber Bowl in Akron. What we were talking about earlier, my first yeah. time. Yeah, yes, was, I did know, the Deadhead thing in college. I went to about dead twenty shows. Well, I got to interview Jerry Garcia. So tell us how that what came about. Backstage in Memorial Auditorium. Uh, the thing is, this was a. Uh, I probably mentioned this in, a, in an email to you earlier, uh, there, Tim. But I, I was. Uh, uh, it, w- it was a Monday morning, as I recall, I, and I headed up to Baker Center for my uh, uh, usual. Uh, you know, read the newspaper and get some coffee. And uh, that was back when Baker Center was uh, where that, uh, <laughs> I forget the name of it now. It's part of the College of Communications now. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, right, it had the around. front room. It had, it was, it was different then. Yeah, well, the Frontier Room was yeah. in Baker Center and a bunch of other places. Right. But anyway, pardon my digressions. Uh, but, you know, back in those days before we had Twitter, you know, uh, we had word of mouth. And that Monday morning, uh, I never forget this. Uh, everybody said the Grateful Dead are coming to campus. Say what? <laughs> and I mean, the Grateful Dead were a new band. They got started in '65. But you know, in in uh, Athens, we uh, we're pretty hip down there. And so, going to say like, people uh, knew who they were, huh? People knew who they were. Yeah, and, and uh, I mean, a, a lot of people. Did. I was wondering how many would. But when I got to Baker Center, I'm sorry, got to got to Memorial Auditorium that evening. It was a free concert. And they packed the place, which was what was that seat twenty four hundred or something? I mean, it's a uh, they, they they packed that auditorium, and um, I went backstage with my girlfriend. I said maybe we can uh, interview these guys, and there was Jerry Garcia in the dressing room, if you will, uh, tuning up his guitar, and um, I recognized him by his missing finger, and uh, there was a uh, uh, pig pen uh, over opening up what was probably a bottle of uh, of uh, Jack Daniels, wasn't it? Uh, I think that was his. Uh, uh, that or he he turned on Janis Joplin to uh, Good Bourbon. I remember. But anyway, uh, and there was uh, Mickey Hart, the drummer, and uh, um, the. Uh, I'm I'm gonna forget one of their names here. At least. But anyway, uh, they're like, "Hey, Clarence, what's up?" Right? Yeah. Well, I I I walked over to Jerry Garcia and I said, uh, "Excuse me, Mr. Garcia, I'm a reporter with the Ohio University Post. I was wondering if we, we could just talk to you for a few minutes." And he says, "Sure, pull up a chair. Come on." And we sat down and and, and we just talked. And I I swear I I'll never forget how. I, I thought this was the smartest man on the planet by the time we finished talking in about 15, 20 minutes. I mean, he was just so profound. 
and I, I later went back and looked at my copy, and I, I, I the, the, the quotes were pretty prosaic, uh, I thought, but uh, maybe that's something to do with all, all that smoke that was in the air backstage. I'm not sure. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Did certainly you share a smoke time, with him? <laughs> uh, he passed the joint right over to me and uh, to, to Bonnie, my girlfriend, and uh, uh, no, no, we all just, you know, just was passing it around, around the room. Uh, and um, it was really uh, oh most of them didn't say a whole lot. Jerry was very talkative. He's very and like I say, very profound. He wasn't just BSing, and we really uh, uh, just talked about everything from uh, you know how great the Bay Area is to the uh, to how he got into music, et cetera, et cetera. And it was a uh, uh, to this day, I still I'm sorry you don't have video here, but I still have a Grateful Deadhead sticker on the back of my iPhone. Um, yeah, you really were a fan after that time, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going I'm I'm to call OG. you like you're faking it. You're like, oh, I'm the real deal. <laughs> I'm one of the OGD, original Grateful Dead. Damn, I am so impressed. Awesome. Yeah, like you're talking about the smartest man and done all these things. When you're talking to Jerry, I feel the same way. Yeah, uh, and looking at your, um, your history online and, and the things you've done, the people you've met, and... Um, yeah, I gotta be. I mean, I, I'm really delighted. I, I'm not kidding when, when I say I, I really feel blessed to have been a journalist at the time that, that I've uh, been working and, and the kind of assignments I've gotten to cover. Uh, and it's really um, such a. Um, I mean, there are certain things. You know, I wish there were people. I wish I I had covered. You know, I I never got to cover Dr. King before he was killed. Uh, but I I got to cover LBJ and uh, uh, the other presidents uh, for the most part, um, whether whether near or far. And um, I got to uh, know a young fellow in Chicago named Barack Obama when he was running for the state senate, uh, and so uh, he uh, we we didn't know if he'd get uh, anywhere, but. But we felt like, like uh, boy, if anybody could be president, th this guy would do it. But it probably never happened. You know? Yeah, he well, did pretty know. well for himself, I hear. He did okay. <laughs> you know, I was able to uh, stick around long enough to be able to witness that. So that that was a great moment. Wow. Uh, well, like, when uh, you were uh, working for the Post, were there any other bands that you interviewed or any other interviews that you did that really yeah. stuck out? You know, I was the only one at the Post, really, who was a fanatic for this sort of thing. Uh, everybody who came to town who was any kind of a name, I'd go over and try to get an interview with them. And I, I got to talk to... Um uh, well, there was a, a band called the Association that kind of started it, but but the the, the mamas and the papas. Uh, there was uh, uh, almost everybody from Motown who came to campus. I got to meet uh, Smokey Robinson uh, and uh, the Temptations, and uh, I interviewed the Temptations three times in my life. In fact, it's another story. But anyhow, wow. <laughs> uh, so, uh, what, what was his name? Wilson Pickett. Boy, was he he gave a great show, fantastic, and James Brown. And uh, there was uh, the only one I'd say uh, uh, a big fish that, that I didn't catch was Diana Ross. Uh, she wouldn't come out from backstage. Uh, and, but uh, she was uh, a diva, they say. She was a diva, <laughs> you know. You know what? What's she gonna say? But but I, I got to tell you I mean, a couple of legendary things uh, that happened, and and, and uh, you can talk to my other old timers for confirmation. Uh, I, I got to cover uh, Jose Feliciano. And he was, I'm sorry, yeah, he, he was uh, one of the first uh, concerts in uh, the Convocation Center. And there, uh, his warm-up act was a band from England called the Led Zeppelin. Ever heard of them? 
We have heard of this concert before. You've yes. heard of that concert? Yeah, it's a famous concert. I mean, it's a historic concert. You know, My uh, sister-in-law, who was there about the same time as you, she graduated, I think, in 72. Uh-huh. She says how um, all the people that came for Jose were all mad. They didn't like Led Zeppelin. They were like, who is this band? Right, well, yeah. Well, the other well, half were all excited and happy. <laughs> well, the, well the, the background is that it, it was the interfraternity government that sponsored that concert. Uh, and uh, th- they booked it. So you had all these frat boys. Remember, this is the late 60s. We were still wearing uh, uh, sport coats and ties to concerts then. <laughs> and, uh, right, women and, wore uh, skirts everywhere. Yeah. yeah, exactly, you know. And so you had all the fraternity sorority kids. Uh, uh, they were sponsoring this thing. And then uh, the agent who booked the uh, the bands w- with the fraternity government said, said, hey, for a cut rate, I, I can give you this new, this new British band that's coming in. They never played in the U.S. before. And, and the fraternity boys said, who are they? They said, they're called Led Zeppelin. And they said, uh, well, uh, okay, what the heck, you know. And so they booked them. And, and what happened was, you're absolutely right, all the hippies on campus, all the Zeppelin fans, so you know what they look like, uh, all came and, and were like sitting on the floor, half of them, you know, in front of the stage when the, you know, Led Zepp comes out, play, played a, a bang-up uh, opening act for about 15, 20 minutes. And then uh, as they were uh, breaking up, uh, the, the Zeppelin fans all got up and left and all the fraternity sorority people took over. And it, it was one of those things, but, but those kind of things happened in those days. Rock and roll was not the industry it became in the early 70s. So that uh, you would have, uh, I mean, you can ask the old timers, they can tell you again, so some pretty ramshackle concerts got put on uh but uh, the, the, my favorite um uh mismatch tour uh was uh jimmy hendrix warm up for the monkeys really <laughs> that's amazing can you imagine this you know no. <laughs> yeah that is uh that, that's a an odd combo one of the big matchups he toured, of all. He toured with them uh, he was, you know, he'd been over in England. He was the uh, opener. You know, yeah, uh, and he toured. Yeah. This, this was his first American tour, even though he was an American and a U.S. Army veteran and all this. Uh, uh, he um, was their warm-up act on that tour, and the Monkees, of course, you know, they, they their their core audience is about fourteen and fifteen-year-old girls, and they're all screaming like crazy, uh, but. It worked, you know. They uh, they toured the country, and you had a lot of mismatched concerts like that. It was, it was, it was an amazing era. Ah, oh, wow, that is amazing. The, the country fest all day long with all the same. Well, yeah. tell us about uh, Roz and I always like to ask like favorite parts about Athens and OU. Uh, do you have a preferred uh, time of year that you like? I saw that spring's one of your favorite time, and I assume that started with spring in Athens. Yeah, well, uh, spring. You're absolutely right, and I mean uh, the uh, uh, fall. Uh, to me, it was kind of a, a time uh, of, of tension because uh, you had to go to class. You know, I mean, you had finals to uh, look forward to, that kind of thing. Uh, and um, it was also, harvest time in the fall, though. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I learned to appreciate fall more later. But, That's what but I the, liked about but it. But the springtime, you know, springtime in Athens, it's like suddenly people are coming out of their caves and uh, wearing lighter clothes, uh, hanging out on the green, and uh, uh, and uh, there's a um, and also we, we would have riots. Uh, and uh, n- nobody planned riots, but they would just occur, especially if something would happen like uh, um, uh, the um, 
uh, well, Bowling Green having the temerity to come and, and play football uh, <laughs> in <laughs> Athens, you know, you know, bring half the campus with them, you know, and uh, we have migration weekends, as we call them. Uh, St. Patty's weekend was a big deal because, uh, uh, you know, our, the, the color is green, right, green and white, so a green beer would flow like crazy. The only places I know that have really, I mean, Chicago and Athens are, are my two favorite St. Patty's uh, celebrations uh, because people just really do go nuts uh, but there was a um uh also well in the, in the winter time uh i must have been a senior when we had the first snowball riot uh which got kind of messy because uh, one or two windows got broken but uh, uh it started out as a friendly snowball fight uh, over on the east green and and then uh, um over on the west green uh, people coming out of the lunch halls this on a saturday and people were, were coming out started throwing snowballs at each other and somebody said Hey, let's go to the East Green. Well, you know what that means. <laughs> so suddenly you've got a thousand students heading toward the East Green. And before we could get off the West Green, we could hear this roar coming from behind Grover Center, I guess it was. Uh, and, and the roar was a couple thousand East Green students coming, <laughs> coming over to meet us. And the snowballs were just flying like oh crazy. Oh, my God. That sounds like a scene from a movie. <laughs> it, it really was. It really That's was. Awesome. Did people take uh, to go sliding down and uh, on the Jeff Hill? Like oh. I always hear stories of people doing it in lunch trays. I never did it. That seemed awful dangerous. But I, I hear stories of people doing it. Of course, it was dangerous. That's why people did it. <laughs> you know? That's true. You know. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, you would have done it, Tim, if you were there and people were sliding down. He would have been all in. <laughs> put, put enough. Put enough green beer in him. He'd do it. I'm sure. Right, sure. right, but you would have to be going so fast on a frozen brick street in a lunch tray. <laughs> Unstoppable. <laughs> yeah, and it, it is super steep hill. I mean, it would be very exhilarating. That's right. I'm just remembering the J prom celebration in the spring too. That was. Did they still celebrate J prom? No, is no. that like the African American student prom? No, I'm just talking okay. about no, no. It was mainly led by the fraternities and sororities, but they, oh. uh, it was a, no. Uh, believe me, if you you wouldn't hesitate if you had seen a J prom, it, it was huge. This was the reason why Life Magazine uh, did that uh, uh, layout, saying they're calling us the party school of the Midwest because uh, fraternities and sororities would lay out big bucks. It, it was like the Rose Bowl parade or the or or, or Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade. Uh, I don't know where they got the money. Because things were cheaper in those days but for but each frat house would build an enormous float uh and, and the sororities would, would help them and they would uh have costumes and uh, uh um massive um you get a little choreography in there everybody was allowed to give like a, a five or a ten minute skit and you say skit it sounds like a little thing you know they were lavish affairs i only wish I'd, i i had photos we did if we'd had iphones back then believe me <laughs> Everybody, everybody wouldn't know. But I'll never yeah, forget, I would be in jail. I'll never forget how the Fidelts had uh, the what the uh, uh, seven cities of gold, uh, <laughs> which was like uh, these massive pyramids that they built, replicas of the uh, Aztec pyramids, and uh, covered with sequins and uh, lots of costuming. And the other thing was there, there was one one rule with J Prom, your skit. And your props, everything had to be portable so that after you did your five or ten minute skit, 
uh, and, and it was a stopwatch, uh, you ha everybody had to grab a piece of this <laughs> massive uh, uh, a prop, whatever you had, uh, and, and dismantle it and carry it all off, you know, get it up off the ground. Because the, the clock wouldn't stop until everything was off the ground. And I remember one guy just dropped something that hit the ground after the clock, and, uh, and they were penalized for it. <laughs> so were, it was a contest. It was a contest. It was uh. a very, yeah, it became a contest, and, and, and a very serious one with a lot, a lot of, uh, of uh, devotion here. But, uh, you know, that was that, that OU spirit. What else did you do? We only had three TV networks. Right, yeah. I mean, Tim and I are old enough that there wasn't even TVs in our dorm rooms. Oh, yeah. And we didn't have cell phones, and we just had the phone on the wall, and you mostly went and showed up at people's dorms and houses because yep. you, you didn't really call first. Oh. <laughs> we had someone on a couple of weeks ago, and she was talking about, and I think she, she, she got it correct when she said, you just started out your day and it, you don't know how it was going to end, but it kind of ended all up with people that you knew and, and this crazy journey. Like, every day was like that, you felt. That's true. That's true, you know. And that was, uh, you know, we cannot underestimate the, uh, the the importance of that because um i remember you know i i know I, I could walk out of my dorm or later on when i moved off campus you know walk, walk out of my house and walk down the street i was gonna, I was gonna run into an adventure i was gonna run into some, some interesting people <laughs> and, and uh, you know there was always something going on in that regard uh, and i felt like um I didn't have to see the world. The world was coming to us in Athens. We got to, I mean, I, I know we also, besides rock groups, you know, I, I got to uh, interview Timothy Leary and Marshall McLuhan and just a whole slew of, of um, really significant people of those times would all come to Athens. And uh, so we really, uh, uh, it was such a, such a quality experience in so many ways. But when I, well, I came back years later, and uh, let's say in the Starbucks era, because I'll never forget that, because one of my favorite bars uh, had become a Starbucks there at the corner of uh, Court and Union, and um, the uh, and the campus seemed so empty. Uh, I mean, not that many people around, and I realized that we're we're in the internet age now. You know, people were in their dorms, and <laughs> it's like they were in their dorms talking to people in Sri Lanka or something. You know, uh, uh, suddenly the the incentives to want to get out and uh, talk to people live uh, was diminishing. And um, uh, obviously, we're in a different era now, and uh, uh, people uh, really live on their <laughs> live. On, in cyberspace, especially true now with the pandemic going on, you know, it's just yeah. incredible. I have a, a son that's uh, in Athens, an OU student, and he got a house um, this past year. And he does tell me that people always just stop by. So I feel like it's still kind of going on. Good, good. And that warms my heart to hear that, he does. really. He's like, <laughs> he's kind of happy to be out of the dorm because he said the dorm was worse. People were always stopping by. He's like, right. That's I couldn't right. get anything done, so um, so I think it still kind of exists. <laughs> good, good. I mean, at their age, I really feel sorry for kids who are in school now during a pandemic. I mean, this is just an awful sort of thing. I mean, this is a time for them to be out and getting to know people and uh, and, and and see the world and uh, everywhere we're talking about. Like you mentioned, the world comes to you when you're in Athens, and it also prepares you for the world just because of the uniqueness and i think some of it maybe it's a, an international presence has always been strong there too so m maybe that's part of it that's uh, true that's but true. it is a place uh, and rosa and i mentioned that that you walked everywhere and, and i just don't think 
that happens, and we, you know, it kind of ties back to electronics, I guess. But it's a place you could walk five miles in a day easy just going to class. That's, That's true, true, but on the other hand, uh, you can't park anywhere anyhow, so they might as well walk now. <laughs> that's what I, I find. And that's not just at Ohio U. Every college in the country has a parking problem, and I've been to a lot of them. It's, it's really quite remarkable. But, uh, yeah, with the number of bars in Athens, it's a good idea. Uh, yeah, that's true too. Keep them off. The, keep them. Keep, keep them from behind the wheel. But uh, uh, you know that's. Which, speaking of bars, uh, is, is the union still open? Yes, it, it had a fire. Like I know ten years ago, but it, and it's much. It came back better and stronger. I know but, among uh, us alums, that was big news on the internet, man. Everybody was tweeting like crazy, and the pictures. I had a tear in my eye. I mean, I spent so much time at the union. You know, uh, people. Me knew. too. I loved it as a fellow music lover. I know that the yes. top floor of the union could not be beat. Yes, yes, and we, you know, people said, oh, "Looking for Clarence? Check, check the union." You know, for a while, uh, somebody told me they were taking out, you know, they were remodeling, and they discovered some old graffiti of mine from way back when, uh, which they were thinking of, of framing. <laughs> well, there's a movie. We had a gentleman who put a documentary about the, the kind of comeback after, and there was something they talked about that graffiti. They, I don't know if they mentioned your name, but there, that was a. Uh, place when they were redoing it they uh, peeled back some wall and there was a bunch of graffiti yeah yeah, yeah. well you know uh we, what did it I'm say very, very very quick story do you know um who jonathan edwards was or is oh yes the he, songwriter he's, he's still alive last time i checked well he was right? a he was a classmate of mine and uh, he used to he used to play at the union among other places you know uh sometimes e either for, a, for for a concert if you will whatever you call it. he was a classmate <laughs> uh, in middletown no this is at, at, at ohio u oh i and didn't know he went to ou he certainly did a lot I of folks went to ou him. you haven't heard about yet but we're gonna work on that right but no i no the uh, the thing is uh i was you know when, when the rock and roll hall of fame opened in cleveland and uh, I, I went up there of course i had to go pay homage you know and uh i, I love the ohio room where they have all the uh, um, uh, uh, souvenirs uh, from people who were Ohio musicians, and I found Jonathan Edwards guitars hanging <laughs> hanging behind the glass, right next to something from uh, that Pat Benatar gave him, uh, and it was the same damn guitar. I talk, talk about graffiti, uh, the initials, etc., that, that, that we'd all etched into it were still there, and uh, it was like, wow. I said, God, that, God, that's Johnny's guitar. He used to play that over in the Union all the time, and we were just, when we were just horsing around, and I said, boy, you, you know you're getting old when your friend's stuff is in a museum, you know? <laughs> but, but you know you're cool when that you know that thing. <laughs> well, I, I, gotta, I gotta tell you, though, though, uh, even more impressive than, than Jonathan's guitar was the uh, drum set from the McCoys. Uh, you know who they were, are? Yes, 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 the band, yes. Well, the McCoys, yes, they they played my high school prom uh, under their original name, which was the Rick Z Combo. And Rick Zeke Derringer was their uh, leader. And he, uh, uh, well, that summer they recorded Hang On Sloopy. Uh, after I graduated, the summer of 65, they recorded Hang On Sloopy, big hit. Uh, right. And, and it's now the official Ohio State, uh, well, I'm sorry, the state of Ohio uh, rock anthem. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's incredible, but 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 there it was the McCoys drum kit right there under glass at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's where it belongs. 
Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I'm in Cleveland, and I get to the Rock Hall sometimes. It is still a great place. Oh, I, I love it. When the Republican convention, I was, I was up there for that. I had to sneak out and go over to the Rock Hall, spent three or four hours <laughs> hanging out. It's really great. Well, if you had to pinpoint one moment at your time at OU in Athens as the most memorable, what would it be? The one moment most memorable? Oh, God. Uh, so much. I think... Uh, well, one one of them that I often cite is uh, actually after I graduated and 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 was drafted, as I mentioned, uh, I was uh, after I finished um, my training, I, I was sent to Fort Ben Harrison, Indiana. After I finished my training, uh, they assigned me to, to uh, Fort Lewis, Washington, and I said, "Oh shoot!" Because uh, <laughs> you know, I knew Fort Lewis and Fort uh, at Fort Ord, uh, California. Those were two places that you knew you were heading to Nam, and I, oh. I and so I was um, Nam. That's short for Vietnam. <laughs> uh, and and I I said, "Let me let me go over to Athens for one what may be my last trip." Uh, and uh, I got over there, and they everybody was at Baker Center around the one TV that was <laughs> in the student union, uh, and Richard Nixon was speaking and announcing the incursion into Cambodia, and that was uh, that touched off a riot at about every college we, uh, state school in, in Ohio. Uh, and like that's the next what, day or that's the day what after, Kent State, right? Well, yeah. The next day or the day after, I was on the college green when uh, people were suddenly running around um, yelling like they were the day the Grateful Dead came. Only this time, they were they were saying saying they shot the students at Kent State, and that was the first I'd heard about that. And it was uh, and also we had National Guard at the Athens County Fairground. Which fortunately they did not, and I, th- I think it was the, the, the president uh, Vernon Alden, uh, I believe, at that time, uh, um, uh, said, "No, don't bring the National Guard on campus unless we need them or something," and, and we d- didn't need them. Uh, but they, um, uh, because they were they weren't on campus, but but the National Guard at Kent State were. And those guys were, were were as green as they could be in military terms, and never been un, under fire. And, and they they had things being thrown at them by some SDS and other folks. Uh, and uh, their their sergeant just told them, you know, you know, um, get into the position, ready, aim, fire. Uh, a disaster that didn't have to happen, but uh, there it was. And uh, there was a uh, anyway. I'm, I'm making a, a short story long. I was. Uh, uh, that night, uh, I uh, w- was on a date. I, I brought my date home to her dorm, uh, which was Tenley Hall, which has since been torn down, right across the street from the uh, College Green. Uh, and um, we were saying um, good good night, and uh, I all of a sudden we started crying, both of us, and realized that somebody over on the College Green had, had unleashed a, a tear gas canister. And the gas had just reached where we were, and everybody was crying around there. And and, and I I said, boy, this is the first time I've I've kissed girls good night and on the dorm uh, front steps. The first time I've 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 been crying while doing it, and and that was a I mean that's the kind of moment you, you just can't forget fifty years later. Right. That that is very memorable. It just and you're out. just trying to have one last fun night in Athens. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Well, fortunately, I'm happy to say that when I got to Fort Lewis, Washington, and I checked in, uh, this, um, the fellow uh, who, who was checking me in says, uh, we look at my paperwork, my, my background, 
And, and he says, how's, how's your German? And I said, what? He said, how's your German? Can you, can you speak German? And I said, well, as a matter of fact, I did. <laughs> At the time, when I was in high school, uh, I originally wanted to go into engineering, and friends and relatives say, well, if you want to go into engineering, you know, study German. That's the, the, the language of science. So I, I spent two years in, in Fräulein Stolz's German class. <laughs> and, and, I, and so I told the guy, well, yeah, I do. And, and he says, well, uh, good. It'll come in handy. You're heading to Germany next week uh, with this artillery <laughs> battalion. And, and, and he was right. They, they assigned me to Germany. And after he said that, I said, oh, ach du liebe, dankeschön, dankeschön, du, du, liebst mit dem Herzen, du, du, liebst. I, started, I was singing a, a Bavarian beer songs all the way down the steps after that. Because so you were anyway, happy, right? Because you weren't going to Nam. Never went to Nam. That's right. right. And, Wunderbar. <laughs> yep, yep. And years later, now I I I, I want to go to Nam now for just a lot of different reasons. You know, same reasons I, I I went to Cuba and other, other historic places there. And I, but now I got to pay for it myself. <laughs> go over there. So I never pass up a good opportunity, kids. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't need to. I've been to Afghanistan for a year. I don't need to visit that anytime soon. Oh, I bet that was a real pleasure trip. Yeah. Um, well. We want to thank you, Clarence, for being on the show. Now, in your huge literary career, how many podcasts have you been on? I can't count them. My son and I have been uh, trying to start our podcast, in fact, <laughs> uh, which uh, uh, he calls Generation Fringe. Uh, so we can talk about the stuff we're talking about here just from the, from the perspective of a boomer and a millennial. Because we we do it for free, arguing over dinner and that kind of thing. Uh, so why not get paid for it, or, or or try to find a way to get paid for it? That sounds like a great idea. I could I, talk to you all night. Oh, <laughs> it'd be my be my pleasure, Ross. Be be my pleasure. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show, and we look forward. And hopefully, this is your first podcast about OU. And yeah. Well, I want I want to thank you all. Yeah, I want I want to thank thank you all because it's really a pleasure, and I feel honored to be asked. And now I have entered the the annals of Athens history. Yes, and I'm sure you have a lot more stories. So maybe we'll have to have a Clarence Page part two. Yeah, you need to maybe up, update Wikipedia now. You know, all these awards and honorary degrees you can say appeared on this one time at OU. <laughs> I really love the honorary degrees, though. That, that, that's what people give you, so they, they haven't got to pay your outrageous speaking fee. Ah, that's the racket with those, <laughs> is it? That's, uh, that is a good thing, but I'd still rather, I, I still value my uh, OU degree more. There you go, absolutely. I, I well, love thanks, thanks again, and we'll be in touch, and we'll let you know when we're coming to OU. We need to all meet up there. Yeah, yeah. Let's meet up means. at the union. Yeah, yeah, let's keep in touch. We'll have a ball. All right, thanks, Claire. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.